0: Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, and I'm the host of the Bible in Life, and I'm grateful for you. Glad you're joining me here on this podcast. Over the last handful of weeks, what we have been doing is just talking about some things related to being disciples and making disciples. Most of it has been more on the kind of the being disciples thing and some of the big principles and big picture things related to that topic, On this particular episode, what we want to do is actually look at some of the nuts and bolts of discipling somebody else. Like if I'm going to have a discipling relationship with somebody, what does that mean? What does that entail? How can I help other people grow as disciples? Just some of the real down-to-earth nuts and bolts things related to making disciples and helping other people grow as disciples. Now, there's uh, tons of stuff we could talk about. I'm sure if we could sit across from a table and have coffee, and you could pick my brain about this, all sorts of things would come out. I've jotted down just a handful of things that I think uh, have been really helpful to me, and I think they might be helpful to you as well. So, let's jump in and just talk about a handful of nuts and bolts uh, things related to uh, making discipling, discipling other people. The first question is, well, who who can you disciple? Who should you disciple? Who do you disciple? And obviously, that varies from person to person, situation to situation, and all of that. Here is the most basic answer. Who can you disciple? Well, take a look at your natural networks of people, your natural connections, and who are people that maybe you're just a little bit further down the path than them, and you could help them grow a little bit? Who are people that already look to you for... A guidance or advice or for input. Um, and just take a look at those natural relationships. Maybe it's uh, family members. Maybe it's close friends. Maybe it's extended family. Maybe it's an adult child. Maybe it's somebody from your church. Maybe it's somebody you work with that you've developed a relationship with, and they're a, a newer believer, and you've got a little things to offer, And you, right? Just look at your natural networks. And don't, like, don't make this like such a, a big, scary, formalized thing that it feels intimidating to them or to you. This is just like, let's let's encourage each other in our spiritual growth and our discipleship to Jesus and all of that. Sometimes um, it's just people coming to you with specific, they, they look to you for specific guidance on specific topics. And that's a form of discipling them, right? Sometimes it's... They really are looking to you for something a little more formalized, and they want to meet with you regularly about uh, Jesus and the Bible and questions they have. So it's people in your own sort of natural networks. If you're a a mom, say, of small kids, and you spend a lot of time with, you know, three, four, five, six-year-old kids, guess what? parenting is discipleship. When done the way Jesus asked you to do it, you get to pour the life of Jesus that's in you into your kids when you do it wisely. So think intentionally about how can you do that in that relationship and some of that. So look at your natural networks, your natural connections, and begin to figure out how can I help people in those contexts who are looking to grow in their faith? How can I help them do that? And you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to answer all their questions, right? You don't have to do all that. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Just figure out how, if you're a little further down the path, how can you help move them along in their faith as well? So that's the first thing to talk about. The second one is, uh, second suggestion is just this. Keep it, keep it simple. Like, don't. Overcomplicate this discipling other people sort of thing. So it seems like this big complicated thing. Uh, you got to have a curriculum. You, you should go through this book or whatever it is. I actually just wrote an article that'll be released on discipleship.org here in the next week or so on using scripture as the curriculum for your disciple making relationships. It was really an epiphany to me when I first started discipling people. Um, I simply used what I had been taught and maybe the examples I had seen. And usually what that involved was somebody would give me like a, a whole notebook of curriculum that had all these different topics. Some of them were spiritual living topics. Some of them were like theological topics, had all these different topics of this curriculum. And I was supposed to meet weekly with a person and go through the, the these topics. And Invariably, one of those topics was the importance of reading your Bible and praying. So, I was supposed to encourage this person I was discipling to read their Bible and pray, but then they had to work through this curriculum and do these worksheets every week as well. And, and it really it just got complicated for everybody. And somewhere along the lines, it just hit me that the New Testament documents are the original discipleship materials of the church. So, why not just use them? Why have uh, to go through, read this you know, Francis Chan book and discuss it with people, or read this other discipleship book and discuss it with people. Go through this curriculum. It's like, why make it so complicated? Why don't we just actually read scripture and discuss their life in the context of scripture together? And that increasingly became more and more the way I've done it. In fact, I have a whole Bible reading plan on my johnwhittaker.net website that was originally created to be used in a church context for that reason. And so I'm a firm advocate of keeping it simple. Now, part of that is what's the specific objective of this relationship? I think it's really clear or really important to clarify the expectations when someone comes to you and wants to be discipled by you, or you you and them both realize, oh, let's kind of do this together. However it comes about, I think one of the most important conversations is that first conversation to really get clear on what the other person is expecting, what they're hoping to get out of it, how often they want to meet, what really works for them, and nail that down. Some things make sense to be sort of longer term uh, relationships. Some things can be just maybe a, f- a few weeks and can be very focused, and it really just depends. For example, I did not really ever have somebody that intentionally sat down and just discipled me in my faith. That um, Back when I became a believer, there just wasn't as much talk about that. It wasn't as common, and even though I wanted it, it just... It just never happened. I got bits and pieces from a variety of people, and I think that was helpful to me. It would have been nice maybe to have some intentional guide early on in my faith. just didn't get that. But what I did get was bits and pieces. And so one of those bits and pieces was, for example, parenting. When I became a new dad, I did not grow up with a Christian father in the home. We didn't even read the Bible and pray in the home I grew up in. My dad left when I was three and a half. That's my earliest childhood memory is the night he walked out on the family. So I just did not grow up with that. I did have a loving uh, grandfather who was sort of a, a good male role model in my life as I grew up. And he was very involved and very loving. But he wasn't a follower of Jesus and didn't model that for me. So I just didn't have that. So now... I'm having kids of my own um, and I needed guidance on that. And so what ended up happening was I was teaching at the Bible college at that time and the academic dean, my boss, was a man who I really respected his demeanor and the way he loved his wife and the way he raised his kids. So I, I picked his brain a lot. I would walk into his office sit down and ask him specific questions my son's doing my daughter did my whatever it was and I would look for his advice and I would take it it was really simple and it was very it was very focused that was what we talked about and it wasn't like formalized we didn't meet once a week it was just I sometimes it was more ad hoc I just needed uh, I just needed some guidance on that um, that was helpful to me um, I've had discipling relationships where, for example, one, when I was still teaching at the college, typically almost all my discipling relationships have been with males. But this one particular gal um, that was a student of mine at the college was struggling with her faith, struggling in uh, her relationship a bit with her parents. And for whatever reason, she felt sort of a kinship to me. And so here's what happened in our relationship. It sort of just developed over time. She would come to my office on Tuesday afternoons around uh, two in the afternoon and she would sit down and for her personality, her temperament and what she needed, she just really wanted someone to listen and process things with her. So she would bring her journal and she would open up some of the things she had written in her journal and thought about over the previous week and she would read some of what was in her journal to me, and I would listen and I would ask questions about it and help her think it through. And it was that simple for her. That's what she needed. And for her, that helped her process her faith questions and it helped her process her relationship with her parents' struggles. And, and now her parents have recently retired. She lives in Ohio now. Um, and her parents have moved there to help with her her, uh, her kids and be close to her and all of that. And we developed a a really good relationship out of something as simple as that. What's the objective, right? Keep it really focused. Uh, I had another fellow who grew up in a Christian home and his, um, at some point he started, things he started reading, questions he started having, things he was reading on the internet, just really provoked some real doubt and faith questions for him. And our conversation consisted of us getting together for about eight weeks over coffee once a week and him um, bringing up some of his questions and us processing those questions together and thinking those through and helping him realize who Jesus was and that the key thing of his faith was not having all the answers to all his questions, but um, trusting Jesus and following Jesus for him that worked. That's what he did. After eight weeks, he was like, I, I actually think I'm good. I think I, I know who I am and what really matters and I really want to follow Jesus. And he was good to go. I've had other people for whom it was a weekly get-together over coffee where we largely just talked about their life and their prayer life and things related to how to grow spiritually. So, what's the objective? Really get that clear on what somebody needs or wants from you and what they feel like you can provide. And... And then don't be afraid to reevaluate that. You know, you get four or five weeks in, are we heading in the right direction? Do you feel like we've kind of achieved the objective? Or You know, we can still get together occasionally. Do we need to keep getting together, right? So just what really is the objective that you're getting together with this person about? What do they need and how can you help them grow in their faith? I I also think when we talk keep it simple, another important thing is just simple reproducible strategies. Um, like I said, I've, I've done different things where someone came and read their journal to me and we just talked about that. I've uh, had conversations with people who are wrestling with just objections to the faith and some doubt and some of that. And we've processed some of that together. Um, uh, the simplest way I know to disciple a new or younger believer who's just wanting to grow in their faith is read scripture together and talk about their life in the context of the scriptures. Uh, That's the whole purpose of that Bible reading plan that's on my website that I mentioned. That's what it was designed for. So I had a young man who uh, he really came to... His wife grew up in the church, kind of walked away. And then they both came back to faith around the same time. I actually baptized both of them um, at the same time and continued meeting with this young man. And he took that Bible reading plan. And for him, the way he's organized and wired... He uh, put all the readings in a notebook and he would just jot down in his notebook uh, just some thoughts and reflections from each of the reading we would get together um, uh, once a week for coffee and we would we would talk through some of the things that were going on in his life, some of the things that were going on in his job, some of the things that were going on in his marriage and, and as a dad and a parent. And we would explore some of that. And we would do that as part of also talking about some of the things that he read in the Bible passages. And some of the things they were teaching him about following Jesus. Super simple. Have coffee, talk about his life, and do it in the context of um, reading through scripture together. Simple, reproducible strategies. Uh, I don't think we need to overcomplicate this. I think it's more about uh, helping someone really follow Jesus. Let's make it as simple as possible. Well, one of the things that always comes up when I talk about this with people is, well, what happens if they ask questions I can't answer? Well, that's a good question. And the answer to that question is this. You say, man, I've never quite thought about it like that before. That's a really great question. Um, let Let me just do some digging and I'll get back to you next time when we get together. And then you talk to somebody else who maybe you think might be able to answer that question or you think knows a little bit more. You reach out to them. Maybe it's the the pastor at your church. Maybe it's a, a more knowledgeable Christian friend that you have or something like that. And you look for answers to their questions and you maybe you yourself look for some scriptures that might address their question. And next time you come back with just some thoughts and have that conversation and say, hey, I checked out your question. It was a great question. It actually helped me learn some things myself. I really appreciate you asking that. And you share some of the things you you found out in the in-between time. And um, the advantage of that is guess what happens? You both learn some things and you both grow in some ways you wouldn't have grown otherwise. Uh, Somebody once said that adults learn best on a need-to-know basis. In other words... Giving adults like pre-packaged curriculum, that's fine. That's helpful. And obviously there's a place for that, but they learn best when they have a question that they're trying to get figured out. And now they need to know the answer. And guess what? They're going to learn best in that moment. And so someone asks you a question you didn't know the answer to, Uh, Now, you need to know the answer to that, too. So you're going to go figure that out. Everyone's going to learn. Everyone's going to grow as a result. And so if someone asks you a question and you're not sure about it, you can maybe give some initial thoughts. But the best answer is just to say, man, I'm not so sure about that. I need to think that through. Thanks for asking that. Um, I'll do some digging this week, and I'll get back to you. And here's the thing. You don't have to have all the answers. In fact, your personhood, your care your presence with them will actually have as much or more of an impact than your ability to answer all their questions and uh, to you know, lead a great Bible study or something like that. That's really not what you're supposed to do. It's more this life-on-life transfer where you take who Jesus is in your life and what Jesus has taught you and what Jesus is doing in your life, and you pour that into somebody else. And Sometimes just your willingness to show up and be there and listen and care makes all the difference in the world. Um, People are desperate to have somebody be there with them, listen to them, and help them think out loud about things and just hear what they're saying, even if they don't have the answers to all the questions. I like the imagery of, it's not my job to fill up their cup. My job is to empty mine, like to pour out what Jesus is doing in my life, what he's taught me, what I know, even if it doesn't fill up their cup, just being with them, listening to them, and sharing the things I'm I'm learning, the things I have learned from Jesus, that's my responsibility, to empty my cup, not fill up theirs. And that takes a lot of the pressure off. I don't have to, I don't have to be the expert. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to solve all their doubts. I don't have to solve all their problems. Um, I just have to to pour out what Jesus has taught me and what he's done in my life and share that with them in the context of scripture and in the context of God's wisdom and in the context of their life. And your presence and your character and your care and your love will make a world of difference in that person's life. So with that, who... Is it in your natural sphere of relationships where you could just begin to pour out the wisdom that Jesus taught you through his word into the life of somebody else? Maybe somebody who's just slightly down the road from you, right? They're not quite as caught up with you. Maybe um, in some ways they're beyond you, but in other ways they're not. And you could share that with them. Who is it that you could just, in love and grace, share the wisdom and the truth of God with? In your life to help them grow in their faith and if we as followers of jesus as disciples began to engage in those kinds of conversations and those kinds of relationships consistently and regularly it would raise the discipleship temperature in all our churches if we realized my job is to help other people grow as disciples too. And we enter into conversations and relationships intentionally to that end. So that's my encouragement to you on this episode is just look at your life and who are you already in relationship with? Maybe you're already doing that, but you could do it maybe a little more intentionally. Who are you already in relationship with? It's like, man... I think we have some things to offer each other. Let's get together and help each other grow in the faith. I encourage you just to prayerfully consider your natural relationships and think about who is it that you could help grow as a disciple of Christ. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. The Bible and Life is part of an overall online ministry that includes this podcast and the listener's commentary. And all of that is made possible by the generous support of people just like you. So thanks a ton for your support. And if you want to join the team of supporters, you can do so by going to johnwicker.net, clicking the Give button, and you can set up a one-time or a recurring monthly donation right there. Or you could support this ministry by going over to listenerscommentary.com. You could join the study hub there for whatever you can afford to give. And inside the study hub, you'll have access to some online courses and other Bible study materials, as well as the entire Listener's Commentary audio through books of the New Testament that'll help you live and learn the Bible as well. So any way you can, thanks a ton for your support. God bless you guys.